For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host. John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys right now. This is episode number 1006, and there's no place I'd rather be right now than with you guys. And just want to say thank you to all the hashtag CCs, the countdown crew coming in strong early. And look at this. We got applesauce. He says, John, I wish I'd be meeting you and the UK faithful at the Bucks game. Mate, you will have a blast with the Brits. Yeah, I'm excited this week at the Buccaneers home game. Um, I have the wonderful privilege to hang out with about 40 members of the UK faithful coming over. Uh, so excited just to build that relationship with some of the best people that I've met and interacted with and been on their shows and all. They've been on our show and all that stuff. Could not be more excited about this week and excited about that. But man, we've got an awesome show. What's up, Kevin? Six and three, first place in the NFC West. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. This is 49ers Film Secrets episode, and I want to dive into a lot of the things that perhaps aren't getting written about, talked about on a lot of the major media platforms and some of the local coverage ones that I thought kind of stood out because, you know, we go from this offseason where we over-scrutinize every single little thing about the team, and I love it as I love that stuff, to where we get into the season and there's just game after game after game, a lot of the kind of I don't I don't know how you want to call it, but like the undercard stuff, perhaps, perhaps the stuff that's not, you know, mentioning Nick Bosa or Debo or Christian McCaffrey. There's 22 starters with reserves, special teams, all that stuff. Some of that stuff that stood out to me. So that's kind of what I want today's show to be about. Obviously, if you have a question, do not hesitate. Come on in here. Let's get this. What's up, Kim? How you doing, brother? Um, glad that you guys are here. Um, right here, Vince. John, did you did you expect Brock Purdy's name to get chanted again at Levi's versus the Bucks? I'll tell you this. Last week's game against the Jags was awesome. And you, there's so many things to talk about. Christian McCaffrey, 150 yards. George Kittle averaging, like, what, 50 yards of reception almost damn near. Nick Bosa, NFC Player of the Week. We're going to talk about that. Fred Warner continues to play defensive player of the year. Caliber football. Chase Young, the addition. Steve Wilkes crushed it. 
All those are important. Nobody played better than Brock Purdy last week. I personally believe it might be Brock Purdy's best game as a pro so far. It's a young career, 17 career games now that he's been active in. But, man, does he deserve it again? You know, this time last year against the Bucks, and we're going to do a full Bucks preview. We're doing a Bucks preview show with Wayne early in the morning on his channel. Um, so head over there. That's going to be an absolute blast tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. We'll be on Wayne Breezy's channel. Check that out. And then later I'm going to do my own kind of, you know, scattering report, all that stuff with Coach Cruz, which is, you know, our flagship program. So we got two shows tomorrow, one on Wayne's, one on ours. Last year at this point, it was all right. Brock Purdy's been great. But it's Tom Brady. This is the Bucks. This is a good defense. Went out there 35-7. to I mean, it was cool. So I'll say this. The fan base has almost completely embraced Brock. There are a few question marks. You know, the only thing I always go back to, Vince, is, you know, at some point he's going to have to lead us from behind. And he did that against the Browns, just the kicker missed it up. If, if the kicker would have missed, made that one field goal, then that narrative would have been dispelled. But it's still there. But, yeah, we're going to have to see a little bit more of that at some point. You can't just always destroy teams. I know that's what we want to do. But that's just, in today's NFL, you're going to have bad games. They're going to have good games. Ball's going to bounce your way. Refs are going to make mistakes. And it's going to keep a game closer than it should. If the 49ers play the best that they can, I don't give a damn who they're playing. You can put an all-Madden team out there. Niners are the best team. And the Niners are that good to today's NFL. Now, they don't have the best record. There's several teams that have better records. I understand all that. But it starts and ends with Brock Purdy. And it's the most important position it's the most, and he has played lights freaking out. We're going to talk a lot about that. What's up, guys? Appreciate you guys. Draw uh, draw K, appreciate you, man. Oh, I see it. I see it. I, I see what that says backwards. I, I got you. My uncle used to say that all the time. Kim says, greetings from Denmark. Leaving for San Francisco in 12 hours. See you at Levi's. Talk about a fan, ladies and gentlemen. Coming out from Denmark. I had the privilege of getting to know Kim at the draft last year in Vegas. One of the coolest people I've ever met. Uh, met him. He's a big dude. Looks like Phil Dawson. I was like, dude, you look like Phil Dawson. <laughs> uh, just such a great dude. Kev, excited to hang out again, brother. Ed, what's up, man? Hashtag CMC. Love all those things. UK will ring the chance. I'm pumped, man. I am pumped. Ed, he says, John, did you see the play? Eric Armstead hurt his knee. Number 86 on the Jags. Deliberately kicked his knee. He got tripped twice. One of them was Scherf. The right guard tripped him, and then later on, he got it again. Yeah, number 86, that sounds right. Bucks, yeah, I'm sorry, the Jags, that, that was when a team gets beat the way that they get beat, it, it's sadly, you're going to get some of that stuff. But, yeah, it's going to happen, and why would you do it to somebody like Armstead, three-time Walter Payton Man of the Year? I know they're not thinking of that whenever it happens. They're mad they're getting beat, so then they start playing dirty. That's just the way that it goes. Um, so, yeah, that's bad. David, John, who would you rather have on the field, Ambry or Oliver? I'm not going to go either or, David. Um, Ambry's coming off one of the best games of his entire career, so obviously you ride the hot hand. But I do not want to give a pass or a, hey, you know, you're stamped in as a starter in these situations. You ride Ambry, and if he keeps playing this way, then awesome. That's the best news possible. 
But if you followed Avery Thomas in his career, you understand that's not going to be the case. Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes said, well, it's going to be a matchup-dependent rotation. Oliver is incredible against the run against screens. He's he's the best nickel we have against the run against the screens. However, that's not all the nickel's job, right? So there should be some times that Oliver should be out there. I would prefer Ambry until he starts slipping. And then whenever he does, you pull in Oliver. Like, I want a healthy rotation. And I want Samuel Womack in that rotation as well. But as long as Ambry is playing the way that he is playing, ride that hot hand, baby. Um, that That's what I want to see. So I prefer Ambry currently. But I don't think it's just a blank stamp it. This is Ambry's job moving forward. I don't think so. But he deserves to continue to get more snaps. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I know we all have a bad taste in our mouth from what Oliver put on tape with the you know two touchdowns and the slot fade and all that stuff. But it, yeah, yeah, I'm just you know it whatever. I'm just gonna say we're gonna need both. We're gonna need both at some point. That's just what it is. Now the 49ers came out and made a roster change. They brought back one of the preseason favorites, undrafted free agent Spencer Wagey. Um, he was a defensive end pass rusher, you know, Superman. You want to learn more about him, just type in 49ers rush Spencer Wagey. We did a whole episode on him on our roster countdown. Niners kicked him into defensive tackle. So they brought him back to the practice squad. They released Austin Bryant. And I think that this is kind of a shift to the Chase Young effect. Chase Young played really, really well. 35 snaps. You know, Drake Jackson was a scratch. Uh, now, they're saying he had a knee issue, but what, we'll see. I'm not sure Drake Jackson's going to play, be activated any games the rest of this year. And I'm just not really sure that's going to take place. But whatever. Now you have more depth with Chase Young there. And so you bring in Spencer Wagey, who was a DN. We moved inside, struggled, couldn't anchor to save his life. He was kind of a pass rusher specialist from the inside. And so I, hopefully he learned something. His tape during the preseason training camp was really bad. He just couldn't anchor. And a lot of that's just that transition from D end to DT. So get him out there, get him some looks because his upside is just a pass rush specialist from the interior. That's valuable in today's NFL. So, um, you know, Austin Bryant, he came in, he gave us some good snaps. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see what that looks like. Now, the question, the poll of the day, if you're watching on YouTube live, uh, came from Damien on Twitter. And so he asked me this before last week, whenever I was already up in the air and all that stuff, but I wanted to bring it back. And, you know, just very simple. Uh, has Javon Hargrave lived up to his contract so far? And it's just a yes or no. In your opinion, has Javon Hargrave lived up to his contract so far? Currently, the vote is 71% yes, 29% no. And, you know, if we look at what he's accomplished, he's tied for the lead in sacks with the 49ers, four and a half, him and Bosa. But if you look at the snap count that he's been, you know, putting up, he's playing some mean snaps. He's got 371 snaps so far in nine games, just 20 snaps behind Armstead. So the Niners always have been a healthy rotation of defensive tackles. But, man, we got two of the NFL's most iron men of iron men defensive tackles out there. Uh, they play a lot of damn snaps. And, you know, we look at just kind of what he's done, 30 pressures, you know, the four-and-a-half sacks, four quarterback hits. 
And it's PFF has them at four quarterback hits. Pro Football Reference has them at 10 quarterback hits. He's played really well. Uh, two missed tackles, 14 solo run stops. That's been one of my favorite things. The screen has hurt the 49ers defense pretty bad this year. But Hargrave's been hustling his rear end off there. He, he's an all-out hustler. CJ says, no, Hargrave hasn't lived up to his contract. But maybe if Young is a monster, then perhaps he can have the impact we expected um, down the remaining schedule. Now, you know, I went and looked up the contract. So let's put it into perspective. He got 20 you know, million. But what does that mean on a per-year basis? Because he was one of the top free agents paid, but he's currently the sixth highest paid defensive tackle. Is he playing top six defensive tackle play currently? I don't think he is. I think he's playing top 10, top 15 for sure, but not top six yet. Yeah, this game, this past game was really, really good. So I would argue, no, he's not, but I would also say Bosa isn't. However, however, Bosa came out, he's freaking NFC defense player of the week. And, and so... Yeah, you know, a lot of that, you know, what's up, big dog, uh, big papa in the house. A lot of that is just simply, all right, let, let's let's figure this out. Let's look at what is good and what is not. Because one of my favorite things about Hargrave is this dude, he's getting pushed every damn play. And whenever you surround the push up the middle, that he's getting every single play consistently with edge pressure, great things are going to happen. And so now you're getting that from not only Bosa, but Chase Young as well. I think we're going to continue to see, very similar to what CJ said, we're about to get to the place where we're going to see how great he really is. And so he's been good, but I think that he could kind of be better. Is that is that is that bad to say? You know, I, I don't think it's bad to say, but look at this and I want, I want to shift now to Nick Bosa. He just got named Defensive Player of the Week. And shout out to my man, Al Sacco. He does he does great work. Oops, there we go. Uh, giving him the promo, Al Sacco with uh, <laughs> the No Huddle Podcast. He's a great dude. Great dude. I've been on his show. He's been on our show. Um, he said, Nick Bosa is the NFC Player of the Week, joining only Merton Hanks as the only 49ers player to win the award five times. There's a lot going on in that one, man. Five times. Like, I'm not shocked that Bosa has won it five times. I am shocked that's the most of any 49ers player. And then I'm triple shocked Merton Hanks had those. Now, this offseason, we went through all the 1994 watch parties, and there were three or four games where Merton Hanks was the best player on the field. You know, you play against the Cowboys, and you get two interceptions and a fumble recovery or forced fumble. And you had another interception that was taken back by a penalty. Like that dude was the best player against the Cowboys. I, I don't remember. I think that was the end season game, but whatever. That's crazy to me. Um, <laughs> that is crazy to me. So shout out to the man himself there. It's, it's, you know, he hasn't been the best. He really hasn't. Nick Bosa hasn't. But he's been good. And we always have to put all these things into perspective with just when you get paid top tier money, you got to be top tier good. And we finally saw it for the first time. 
this past week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Kyle talked about how, you know, everything's about, you know, Nick likes to play in Florida. That's where he's from. That's where he lives. All that kind of stuff. And it's fun to hear him talk about all those things. And, you know, here's Kyle. This is a clip. Shout out to Juan Salas, who just got finished with his surgery uh, just yesterday. Um, so just want to say, sending all the thoughts and prayers. He's doing well. Uh, just got through texting him. He says he's got some good paid meds. So shout out to the legend, Juan Salas. I told him he can't work for a while. He never listens to me anyway. But he cut this clip for us. Thank you, Juan. We, we love you, brother. When Kyle was asked about Bosa and Young. Um, from what I saw there, it seemed like he had a big impact. I know watching him and Nick there on that same play. Um, just, um, I mean, I'll see when I watch the tape, but just having them out there and allowing our rotation to go. And from what it looked like to me, I thought it, I thought we rushed collectively the best that I had seen, you know, that's, I'll tell you guys tomorrow after I watched it on the plane, but just watching it live on the sidelines, it seemed collectively our group had their best game yet. And uh, that's the goal. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And that's the goal. That's what Hargrave brings. That's what Bosa brings. That's what Young brings. It's all of them together. That's huge. So Bosa gets, you know, NFC Player of the Week for the fifth time. But he did another wonderful, historic thing. He is now fourth all-time for the 49ers on the all-time sack list. Past one, both the Smith brothers, to be honest with you. You look at the current Niners all-time sack record. You had Cowboy Justin Smith with 43 and a half sacks. You have Alden Smith with 44 sacks, just half a sack ahead of his his brother, twin brothers, I think if I'm not mistaken. Um, then you had Board with 45, Stubblefield 46 and a half. Bosa is now at 47 and a half. So fourth all-time leader on sacks. And he's not done. He is not done. You, you look at it, he is four sacks behind Ahmad Brooks. And this is the, you know, we do the trivia at all of our rush road trips and all that kind of stuff, and people are always like, what, Ahmad Brooks? That dude got like six sacks a year consistently for like eight years. He was just always consistent, six, seven sacks every year. And just, hey, man, the Tony Gwynn of 49ers uh, sacks, which is which is awesome. So uh, he's going to probably – will he pass him this year? Now, let me ask you guys this. We'll put this in the chat. I, I want you to throw this up there. Nick Bosa currently has four and a half sacks. Okay? We're six and three. We played nine games. We have eight games left. Can Nick Bosa get – I want to make sure my math's correct – four more sacks or four and a half sacks. You got to put it at that. Can he get four and a half sacks in eight games? Yes, Nick Bosa can get to third all time. No, Nick Bosa will not pass him. I want to see this in the chat. I want to see what you guys say. I don't. I can't do two poll questions, but um, right here, Vince. Yeah, uh, Nick definitely passes Brooks. Will it be this year though? His current pace, he's averaging half a sack a game. I don't think that that's four. He would finish just below him. So he's got to pick up the pace. Pick up the pace. There we go. 
um, right here. Kevin, he says, Ahmad robbed of the sack in New Orleans, which forced us to play the NFC title game in Seattle. I'll never get over. I remember that crap. Ooh, Thomas says he better. Yes, there we go. All we need now is Greenlaw 110%. This defense goes from smothering to murders. I thought Greenlaw played incredible this past week. I thought he played so good. Adam says yes, this year definitely will pass Brooks. Sonia, what's up, Sonia? He'll get another four. I'm thinking of the teams we have, Cardinals, Seahawks twice. Yeah, that's huge. Yes, yes, he will. I'll say with Chase, he'll get eight. Man, that'd be awesome. Double-digit sacks again. Now, Charles Haley is second with 66 and a half. He's not touching that one this year, but by next year, he can. Next year, he can because he is currently behind, what is that, 22 sacks? Man, maybe not next year, in two years. Two years he can. And then number one all-time, B.Y., one of the greatest humans, one of the best players ever to wear the red and gold. He has 89 and a half from the interior. From the interior. Gosh, man, how cool is that? How cool is that? I freaking love it, man. Um, so th that's kind of where we're at with the Nick Bosa talk. He's played really, really well. Very, very happy for him to start finishing. I, th I think that's kind of, that. that's key. But, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what he can do. But congrats to him. Fourth all-time on the sack list for the 49ers. He's still got a long time to play, man. Long time. And I, it's not – if Nick Bosa doesn't finish as the all-time 49ers sack leader, I will be disappointed. I will be disappointed. Um, th that That's just the way I feel. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you guys feel that way as well, but that's okay. Now, I do want to take just a second to say, hey, this week, no 49ers rush events. Next week, we got Thanksgiving, baby. The family's coming with us up to Seattle. So excited about this. The night before party, we are going to be at the press box starting at 5 p.m. Now, we are going to be partnering with the Seattle Faithful Chapter, one of the best chapters out there. We're going to be welcoming the team planes at the local airport. It's not too far from downtown. They're going to be arriving around 4, but I don't want to put the dates and all that stuff out there yet because it's based on when the Niners leave. So if you guys do get your tickets with us, and I'll blast it on social media and all that stuff, I'm hoping my flight gets it in time that I can get out there, but I'll probably be setting up for the party. So we welcome the team in from the airport, and they switch over to the buses. They cheer. Then everybody comes over and parties with us five on. Um, going to be a lot of fun. Tickets are just $10 at the door. Not a big deal, um, but it's going to be an absolute blast. Niners fans everywhere. And then the day of, we are going to have one of the best tailgate parties ever. Thanksgiving Day tailgate. Just got through building out the menu. Turkey. Stuffing. Mashed potatoes, cranberry, green bean casserole, pie, yams, sweet potatoes. We are bearing no expense going all out. My family's coming. Thanksgiving is my favorite day of the year. I cannot freaking wait. So come party with us. Uh, get your tickets, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Um, love that we just get to get together with the community. Now, I got to take a little time out. I wasn't sure if I want to do this. I want to do this. Sadly, we have started to get backlash from people that just really don't like what we're doing. And that's okay. I understand that. Uh, you know, we never, I never, I don't like event planning. I really, really don't. But I love getting people together and I love the community. And if you don't know anything about this show, I want you to leave here feeling better about your team. I want you to enjoy your fan experience and I want you to meet other people and share in positivity in the community. That's important to me. Um, but I understand people don't like what we do. And they feel like we kind of step on other people's toes. And I feel so bad about that because that's never what we want to do. We will work with any chapter. We will work with any group. 
we will, yes, we charge. This is my livelihood. However, never let money be something that excludes you from participating. You can help us set up. You can help us tear down. We'll find a freaking way. We don't do this for money, but all these events, we have to pay a full restaurant to stay open on Thanksgiving night to host us, bartenders, servers. All that food's not cheap. Drinks, unlimited premium, like this stuff costs money. So we are trying to create a place for the 49ers to get together in unwanted, unfriendly territories and provide a safe space, family-friendly. I'm bringing my kids. Kids get free to every event we will ever do. The money we make on these pays for people like Frank Gore, who we just partied with, right? And that was one of the coolest things of my entire life. And I had so many people come up and say, this is one of the best days ever. Little kids meeting Frank Gore and all that stuff. We've got Patrick Willis coming out to the Arizona one. We're setting up shuttles to go to the two short concert right after we hang out with Patrick Willis. That costs a lot of money. So that's why we do. My money comes from the show. Patreon, the 49ersrush.com, sponsorships, all that stuff. The money that we make on those things goes to expenses to throw more parties. We're just trying to get the people together. And I know I'm talking about the 1% here, but people creating fake accounts and lying about stuff on Facebook and Instagram that just is 100% not true. And it stinks because that's not what I want to be. That's not what we stand for. I just want to bring people together. And the Niners Empire faithful, the chapters, Joe Lenore, I'm the biggest fan of chapter presidents. They're the best people in the world. Sometimes they're not, but almost 99 out of 100 they are. So I just want to say, like, if anybody has ever rubbed the wrong way, come talk to me. Man, we'll call. We'll talk. We'll sit down. We'll have a beer. I want to support others. I never want to exclude anybody. That's not what we do. But it does cost a lot of money to do these things. And sadly, my bankroll, <laughs> uh, it's 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 a... Uh, it's a little lower. So anyway, love you guys. And yeah, I don't know. Anytime you start getting big, I guess people are going to have issues with it. But that's okay. That's okay. Now, let's get to the important stuff because there's a lot. There's so much going on with where the 49ers are currently. So I want to take a step back just a little bit and talk. Oh, I missed a super chat. That's my bad. Niner in Boston. Thank you so much. Breaking news. Brock Purdy is still the real deal, and in fact, he never wasn't. I love that type of grammar. Never wasn't the double negative. Uh, I, that That's the way I was raised, so thank you. Niner Boss, appreciate your generosity. Purdy's incredible, man. Um, yeah, he's the real deal so far, and I hope it continues. So let's talk about the playoffs. Playoffs and just kind of where things sit with the, the NFC. Currently, the 49ers are the number three seed. Uh, Eagles one, Lions two, Niners three, Saints four. And if the playoffs were today, we would be hosting the Cowboys again in Santa Clara. I, I would freaking absolutely love that. Now, I want the one seed. I want the two seed. I don't want the three. But if this shook out the way that it is currently, I would not be upset. Um, it, it's just It's just what it is. Like, this is... This is awesome. <laughs> Thomas, thank you, says, if you don't have haters, you're not popping. Uh, that's Robert Sala on uh, Hard Knocks. Every time he said that, I cracked up. But uh, thank you, Robert Sala, by way of Thomas Luttrell. You guys are the best. Um, 
Yeah, right here, Mike. Uh, people reacting negativity to positivity don't need to be paid any mind. That's my thing, man. I always tell my kid, and I used to say this as a teacher too, like we've all had those instances where you go to a restaurant or a grocery store or just wherever, and somebody is just there and they hate that they're there and they try to bring everybody down. But then we've also had instances where you go to a restaurant or a grocery store or wherever, and there's somebody the opposite that's just there to make people's days better. We all like that person. Be that person. Make people's days better. That's the type of people we want to be. And sadly, don't let the other people bring you down. And that's all I'm saying. I, I didn't bring that up because I'm like mad or whatever. I just wanted to say thank you to the 99% that are just the best freaking people on the planet and for all the support that you guys have brought us. So I'm sorry about that if it distracted uh, away from anything negative. And probably one of the best people I've ever met in my life, at least digitally, Christian Gomez says, got you live. Hell yeah, John, you're the best. Christian Gomez is, you know, he he set up the 49ers rush for us. He is the website guru. So thank you all the way over in Poland. <laughs> thank you, Christian. Really appreciate you, brother. So I would love this playoff schedule. Yes, I would prefer uh, to be higher, uh, you know, and, and what it looks like. But this week, this is a big week for the NFC. You know, the Eagles play at the Chiefs. Coming off a of bye week, that's huge. I mean, you're talking about the AFC one seed, the NFC one seed. That's huge. Detroit, they're playing the Bears. That's a fake game. We got the Bucks. Saints play the Falcons. Seattle play at the Rams. That's huge. So there's some games. There are some big games this week that will determine kind of everything that the NFC continues to be because we're in that murderer's row. The Eagles' schedule is tough as hell from here on out. Cowboys' schedule, tough. Seah Seahawks' schedule, tough. 49ers' schedule, tough. So winning football in November, that's, that's going to be fun. And so I can't wait to see how this all shakes out. I don't want to root for the Chiefs, but I want to root for the Chiefs. I want to feel gross about it the whole time. But, yeah, I I'm rooting for them. And, you know, if you, if you want to root for them, man, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. You want to make some money and put some money on bets? Here we go. Skip the arguments with Uncle Dave on Thanksgiving and focus on what really matters. Good food, boosted odds, and hitting those turkey day parlays. Picture this, not just watching the games, but turning every second into a potential win. With my bookie, you can stream the games and bet live with updated odds throughout the entire game. Turn any game day into a payday. Now, ready to turn your, up your game? Sign up today and make your first deposit with promo code 49ERS or scan this QR code next to me if you're watching the video for a sweet deposit bonus up to $1,000. Rollovers do apply. That is promo code 49ERS to claim your deposit bonus. It's not just a promo code. It's a secret weapon. Get that extra edge on the house. So, no matter what you do, bet anything, anytime, and I mean anywhere, wherever you are, you can bet on mybookie.ag. I've been doing it forever, and I move around like a crazy person. So, mybookie.ag, promo code 49ERS. All right, for our Thursday night teaser, uh, two-team plus seven teaser, you got the Bengals and the Ravens at the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to win this game, but the point spread says, uh-uh-uh. I'm taking the Bengals plus 10.5 points. 
And then I'm partnering that with the 49ers versus the Bucks, which they're 11 and a half point favorites against the Bucks, but the seven points knocked off. So the Niners just have to win by more than four and a half points. Bengals can lose, but not by more than 10 and a half. That's what we got. Bet 10 to win seven. That's our Thursday night football teaser that carries on into Sunday. Uh, if you want to bet with us over there. So, Let's talk about some of these film takeaways, right? The show, 49ers Film Secrets. Offensively, and again, the whole idea is I don't want to talk about Debo and CMC and Purdy, even though they're great. I want to talk about the things that perhaps, unless you're breaking down the film, you might not take away. Um, yeah, Brock Purdy's had, I, I think it was his best game ever. That dude was in it. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan, this is weird to say, and it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction might be one of Kyle Shanahan's better games he's had as a play caller. Just the way he knew everything coming off the bye. He knew everything the Jacks were going to do. Took advantage of it. Some things got in the way for sure, but you put up all those points in the second half. That's a good thing. Three touchdown possessions in the second half is huge. 21 points second half. That, that's that's great. Um, But I want to talk about the inside. Like, John Valenciano and Jake Brindle were awesome. They were really good. And, you know, Valenciano's a very, he's a savvy vet. He's played for a while. You know, he's been around and he's just a damn baller. Listen to Trent Williams talk about him. Uh, I feel like he performed well. Uh, like I said, I got to watch the film to actually get a, you know, give you a, a, my honest opinion. Um, but from what, from what it felt like out there, I felt like he played well. I mean, Feliciano is a vet. He's not somebody who just, you know, um, we signed off the street an undrafted rookie. So, like, he, he's there for depth. He's there for situations like this because we know he can come in and still give high-caliber left guard play or, or center play or right guard for that matter. Yeah, and that's huge. And right here, uh, sorry about that. I'll get to that one. Say, Wad says, blockade and scheming was perfect. Wad Solace, man. Dude, straight out surgery. Still showed up to the live show. Appreciate you, brother. Rest up good. Rest up well. But Valenciano, like, he's interesting to me because he doesn't really fit the zone scheme. He's not the space blocker that a lot of guys are, but neither was Aaron Bates. And so, like, it, it's it's interesting because you see John Valenciano try to block in space, and it's like, oh, boy, go get him, big boy. He heavy in the trunk. You know what I'm talking about? He's not Jake Brindle. He's not Spencer Burford. He's not McGlinchey. He's not Trent Williams. Like that dude thick at the bottom. <laughs> and you see, you see, it's like, all right, that's the big engine that could. He tried to get out there, but he worked his tail end off. And he is much more violent than Aaron Banks. I don't think he's as consistent as Aaron Banks, but he played well. Jake Brindle, good gosh. His run blocking just continues to step up. And when you can get your worst run blocker, who I think Jake Brindle is, but he's a very good pass protection guy, to continue to increase his pa his run blocking efficiency, it's just going to open things up. Uh, it really, really will. Juwan Jennings, uh, I love Juwan Jennings because of how tough he is. He's struggling. He had the worst run blocking grade of any person to take a snap back-to-back -back weeks. Now, he had a freak block on the Debo run that freed up the touchdown, blocked two dudes. And, but I, I don't know. Like, Jennings had his opportunity to step into the Debo role as the number two wide receiver whenever Debo was injured. He laid back to back eggs. And now he's got one catch in two weeks. Not great. 
but you always rely on Jennings because of how tough and physical he is, which th- that was still there. But he's missing blocks consistently now. Man, I think he's going for the kill shot. I don't know what it is. Juwan Jennings needs to take a step up. Not that he's going to lose reps. That's not what I'm saying at all. I love Jennings, but I'm just saying it has not been it has not been what we hoped it would be. And so, like that, that's one of the things that yeah, Ed says. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jennings was terrible at blocking uh, this last game. I think is what you tried to write there. It was bad. Now I will say this: um, you bring in Trent goes out. Jalen Moore came in. I thought this Jalen Moore was terrible after he played the whole game well. And Trent Williams absent, he came in like in the fourth quarter during trash time. That dude was terrible and. I almost didn't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. The reason why Christian McCaffrey didn't score is Jalen Moore. Two or three plays. Like, Jalen Moore was bad, really bad. And so it stinks because, like, that's the thing with Jalen Moore is just consistency. Sometimes he can step in and be really, really good for a whole game stretch, or he's the worst player on the field for two drives. So I, before this last game against the Jags, I was like, man, we got depth on the line. We got good stuff. And as good as Valenciano was, step it up, Jalen Moore was worse. So I, I, I'm i not sure what exactly that means, but, man, we got to get that consistency. Uh, got to. Um, now, defensively, let me just start by saying this, and I'm not going to hold back, and I'm going to say some four-letter words. Actually, it's three letters. Steve Wilkes was badass. Dude was incredible. And all those people talking trash on Steve Wilkes and should be fired and blah, 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 and whatever else. That dude was unfreaking believable. He was unbelievable. And I just, oh. Now, I got all these emails and comments about, yeah, why didn't we put him on the field earlier and all that stuff. I'm just going to allow Kyle to answer this question. I mean, I ran into him a couple more times. I mean, I hear his voice wherever he is. Um, so, I mean, I enjoy him down there. I um, we'll ask the players how they thought. I'm excited to talk to Steve on the plane, see what he felt. But um, again, that's nothing against you guys or anything. But just I've been coaching a long time, and I think that's one of the most overrated things in the world. So, um, but I I enjoyed him down there today. One of the most overrated things in the world, from Kyle Shedahan. I agree. Made the transition. Kyle forced him out of the booth, down on the field. Cool. That's awesome. And but like, let me. Just... There's a few. Oh, I don't want to be this. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. There's a few things that people could say that let me know that they don't understand football very well. And that's not an insult. Okay. Because I believe in the journey and the progress and you're here to learn more about football. Okay. Let me just give you a couple of these things that just, I will tell you probably don't understand much about football. Now, again, I could learn a lot more about football. Yes, I've coached for over a decade. I've been a you know defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, play caller, head coach, whatever else. So I break down the field. You guys that subscribe to the 49ersRush.com and our Patreon, you see me break down. I broke down every single play at least three times for the past three and a half years. Football is my career now. And I'm not coaching anymore, so I'm not saying I know more than other people. But if you talk about quarterback mechanics and you start talking about the arm, or the elbow, I can tell you right there, you don't know anything about quarterback play. If you want to talk quarterback mechanics, do you know where you should start? Waist down. Footwork, knee bend, hips. That's huge. So 
if you hear somebody talking about quarterback mechanics and they got to fix this and stuff, now there are some extreme examples, whatever else. I'm not saying that upper body mechanics don't matter, but if you do a whole breakdown on quarterback mechanics and you're talking to arms, I'm sorry, guys. You don't get it. You just don't. That's just the reality of the situation. All right, let's go to the defensive side. You sit there talking about, oh, coach should be on the field for energy and all that stuff. I'm sorry. That's not the way sidelines work. It's just not. Now, is it something that could affect a game? Sure. Sure, it could be. But if you think that Steve Wilkes being on the sideline was the change, I'm sorry. What did Kyle Shanahan just say? One of the most overrated things ever? That's just what it is. And so that... Do you think, like, Fred Waters, like, man, I want to make this play, but my coach isn't on the sideline. Mm. Nah, I'm just not going to. Like, I, I don't understand the logic behind the difference between those two things. That's not what it is. And so my favorite thing about Steve Wilkes this weekend wasn't that he was on the sidelines. It was all the new wrinkles. I consistently have been screaming from the mountaintops that we have been predictable and telegraphing our coverage. That has been my issue. You come out, and there were so many new looks. I'm going to run through a lot of this, and this might be a little scheme heavy. And you know, I, If you watch the Patreon breakdown that's up on the 40ironsrush.com right now or our Patreon channel, watch the defense breakdown. I explain it all in detail. I spent like an hour, almost an hour on the first half alone because it was just, ah, oh, I've never seen this before. Ah, oh, I've never seen this before. Here's some things that we haven't done. You go 5-1 nickel on the first drive, okay? What's five? five defensive linemen with one linebacker, nickel set, so you got five DBs, five linemen, one nickel on the first drive. That was awesome. Then you go 5-2 on the second drive, five D linemen, two linebackers, four DBs, and you're playing press man coverage with Fred Warner against a tight end? Never seen that before, ever, in the history of this show. 1,006 episodes. First time that's happened. Somebody find me a clip where I'm wrong. I would like to be wrong, but that's brand new. Worked, by the way. We ran a nickel spy single high man package. 49ers have never done that. Steve Wilkes has never done that. Again, we're in our 4-2-5 base, right? 4-D linemen, two backers, 5 DBs. That's nickel. But what we do is we put Hufunga single high up top. We put Greenlaw right on top of the A-gap, just sitting in the middle, man coverage everywhere else. Fred Warner split out in man coverage versus their backer. We've never done that. Worked as well. Uh, we put our DNs and our A-gaps and our linebackers as the outside rushers. Very next series, guess what? We put our linebackers in the A-gap, DNs, back outside wide nines. That was awesome. We ran more cover two, press man to take away the quick out routes and the quick screen plays. We did three-man pressures. I saw Eric Armstead drop into the hook-to-curl zone, bring three, drop eight, and it worked. We brought three, drop Chase Young on another one, and it worked. Wilkes was in his freaking bag. It was awesome. And so, like, I walk away from the defensive tape just going, damn, you hold the team out of the end zone the whole game? I say, damn. Like, I, I'm just saying this was awesome. I absolutely love it. Um, right here, John, but he was down there yelling at people sometimes. People respond to the emotional connection. Yeah, that's that's a legitimate thing. 
So if that's the case, then I guess, you know, Vic Fangio's trash then because that dude's never coached on the sideline. And he coached Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. And, man, crazy they could have been even better if he just wasn't so selfish or, what. like, that's not the way it works. It's just not. And, yeah, right here, it, Bang Bang says, John, it's long overdue. We got to get up and talk ball, bro. Dude, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Ed says, Fred Warner pointed that out on his podcast. Great job, John. You know, I haven't listened to the Warner Warner House this week. Um, haven't listened to that yet. I feel bad. I've been listening. <laughs> my history sometimes takes over me. And so I've been listening to the people's history of the United States again, which I used to use as like a core, like whatever for my teaching and my AP classes, whatever else. But I've been going back in some history stuff. I started listening to that again and going through that book. Uh, but yeah, I need to get back on my, my football stuff. Sometimes in my downtime, I have to step outside of football, uh, which is, which is really, really hard. Uh, but anyway, it, it's, it's what it is right here. Mark, uh, what's up, Mark? What's up, brother? I miss you, man. He says, if the if the players need enticement to play their best, they probably wouldn't have made it to the NFL. I get the little extra, and people respond differently. And I'm not saying it's all, I'm not saying it's nothing that Wilkes is on. So that's all I'm saying either. It does change things. And again, y'all know me. I've been in the booth to coach. I've been on the field. I'm the craziest MFer out there. I go to the games and I, I struggle to record podcasts afterwards because I'm not going to be a person that goes to a game and sits there and just goes, oh, yeah, that's a nice play. No, I am yelling. I'm talking shit. I am pounding my chest. I am freaking ordering drinks for everybody around me. That's just who I'm going to be because that's my personality. But that ain't Wilkes. Now, I do like – I don't mind that he's on the sideline. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just I'm trying to draw attention that the defense hit on all cylinders, not because an old dude was on the sidelines. I'm not trying to throw shade, but like if you're a 25 year old man and you need a 50 plus year old man to yell at you before you're going to play as hard as you want. Um, yeah, <laughs> big pop. What's up, man? Appreciate you, brother. You are the best Um, right here. And and I think that, you know, let's go back here, Sean. When they hired Steve Wilkes, the number one thing I said is Hufunga will benefit the most from this. Like, the Wilkes hiring was for Hufunga. And Sean, what's up, Sean? He says, John, Hufunga said that Wilkes on the sideline improved communication. And that's huge because guess what? Hufunga don't have a, yellow, a green dot. They wouldn't have done it if they didn't think it mattered to somebody. Maybe not the fix, but it helped you very good. Well said, Sean. Well said. It, maybe I'm overreacting to it. It does play something. Uh, Thomas, see what the Howard's in. What's up, man? I appreciate that. Yeah, we're getting the Howard's in uh, reference. Um, one of the best works of history uh, from first work cited. Uh, world's people's history of the world and people's history of the United States. Just saying. Boom, it's, it's as good as it gets. So, uh, Roberto, what's up, man? He says, I think it's a combination of several factors. Wilkes on the sideline, better coverage schemes, Chase Young going ham. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it's a myriad. It's a cocktail. And the proof was in the pudding, baby, because they didn't even get in the end zone one time. Also, I want to say this. Yeah, pro football focus is awesome. I really do like it. Sometimes they miss. The lowest graded player 
was Kevin Givens for the 49ers defense. He had like a 20-something grade. That first half tape, Kevin Givens was awesome. And so, like, I so, like there was one play in particular I've never seen Kevin Givens make. It's where they just leave him alone, right? So he's playing the three-tech. I think it was the three. might have been a two-eye, but I, what, it doesn't matter. The guy that he's lined up on and shoots, you know, straight through the shoulder just bubbles out. And so as soon as he bubbled, he went outside away from Givens. Givens stopped his feet. He's a slasher. That's what Givens is. Defensive tackle. He stops his feet, number 90, and immediately shot across away from the way the puller was going. And wrong shoulder, this freaking, you know, tackle coming in just to clean his clock and blew this play up. It was one of the most, like, Eric Armstead plays ever. And I just was just like, man, Kevin Givens, the pup, has grown up. He's finally learned it's not about him. It's not about getting so far up the field that it just, you know, you're trying to do, like, mayhem. It's about run gap integrity defense. I've never seen him do that. That was a vet move from an undrafted free agent out of Penn State that some games he shouldn't even be out there. But now I'm starting to see this kid is blowing up. He is blossoming. So uh, I know not a lot of people breaking down Kevin Givens' tape, but I watched that. I watched that play like four times. And if you see the breakdown yet over on Patreon, like, whew, uh, I, I was I was red hot on that one. Um, Huff was incredible. Got to give it to Charvarius Ward. Maybe the best coverage game as a 49ers player. Gave up zero catches on two targets. Um, did miss a huge run gap, Phil. But, yeah, I mean, that's small potatoes. It is not really that big of a deal. But, like, I really thought they asked with the move of Isaiah Oliver out, when we're in nickel, Demo inside to the slot, Ambry Thomas out wide one-on-one, right? That move, again, Wilkes. This goes back to Wilkes. Decided we're going to protect Ambry Thomas. We're going to do a lot of cover two to his side. So we did a lot more cover six, cover two this week. Still some cover three, cover four, but we did more cover two and cover six. What cover six is quarters to one side. And so they'd run quarters coverage to Charvarius Ward, and they'd run half cover two with Hufungo over the top of Ambry Thomas. And they just told Ambry Thomas, be aggressive. Jump that shit. Go ahead, man. You jump those routes, play overly aggressive. You just freaking go get it. And it worked, which the downside of that is you got to look at the other side of the corner and say, hey, Charvarius Ward, you're having no help. <laughs> you got your whole quarter of the field. Nobody will be on top of you. And they tested him. They tested him twice and both times said, uh-uh-uh. So much so they went away from it. So can you continue to do that? You know, the, the wide receivers we play this week, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, it's a lot better than what we played last week against the Jags. Um, we'll see because now that's on tape. And another thing, a big reason why the defense had so much success against the Jaguars, I just went through a whole list of things that the defense has not put on tape. Now, as an offensive caller, all right, we got to work on this. How do we exploit this? And if I'm Mike Evans, hey, buddy, when seven's lined up across from you, you beat him, you're going deep. And Mike Evans, one of the best deep ball receivers of all time in the NFL history. Godwin's no chump either. Uh, played with Givens, by the way, back at Penn State. Shout out Coach Cruz uh, for linking that one up. Um, so, yeah, I, I think 
I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm excited about what is happening defensively, but I don't think that we're going to – like no team in the NFL can keep teams out of the end zone. It is pretty damn rare what the 49ers just did, and now it's on tape. So we'll see how they'll exploit it. Uh, this is this is going to be in- interesting. Um, and so we'll get through this right here. Ed says, you know, Wilkes lined up Fred on the inside of the tight end instead of playing outside. And it paid off. In my opinion, they got away from that. Yeah. Fred was playing press coverage three or four times in the first half. And I was like, whew, that is, but you can do that with Fred. It gets a tight end, a big slot because Fred's Fred's different. And so it, we'll see. Big Papa says coverage may need to be a stickier if we're going to have, if we're going against a better offensive line. Yeah. That, yeah, I think you're right. The difference is you're playing now against one of the worst run offenses in the NFL. So you force them to be one dimensional with Baker Mayfield. We'll see. Now, that that's going to be the thing because what the Bucs do better than anybody, and again, I just started watching the film this morning on the Bucs. They're one of the best screen teams in the NFL. Rashard White, who I loved out of ASU, Herm Edwards guy. I know John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan really liked him. They were high on him. He's one of the best screen open field players, running backs in the NFL. What do the 49ers struggle with? They struggle against the screen more than anything. Uh, there was one drive, I think it was the second quarter, where they ran five screens on one drive. <laughs> and they worked. They got a field goal out of it. But... Yeah, we 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 got to kind of see what that is. Um, and so yeah, we, we'll kind of see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but you know, I just want to say thank you guys. This was a fun show. I, I freaking love this man. Um, working with you guys and just talking through this stuff. I really hope you enjoy it. And wherever you do watch and or listen, I just want to say like you guys have made a dream come true for me. I can't believe I've done this one thousand and six times. And I hope I get to do another thousand. And I hope I get to meet all of you in person because this is just cool. And the Niners are six and three in first place in their division. Still got some stuff to chase. Coming up on the toughest three game stretch in our entire freaking season Seattle, Philly, Seattle. But you got to take care of things this week. Got to. So tomorrow morning, I'll be on Wayne's show at 10 a.m. I'll do our show later in the afternoon. Uh, Patreon breakdowns, the 49ersrush.com. That's all there. If you're coming to Seattle, 49ersrushroadtrip.com. Come party with us. Until next time, just want to say love you guys. Appreciate y'all. And as always, stay strong and faithful. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.